0: Hey, it's Nelma Medora here for Friday, August 4th, 2023 with a swipes email, which of course means swipe wisdom, interesting picture, essay, and splurge. So let's start with a swipe. So I was walking down the street the other day and I saw this thing for a barbershop and it said husband daycare center. Need time to yourself to relax, uh, wanna go shopping, catch up on Netflix, leave your husband with us. (laughs) <laughs> will give him back a better looking, the only pay for his haircut, you only pay for his haircut. So, uh, and then it says, husbands, we've got free beer. And so as a purveyor of funny sidewalk signs, you know, as you know, I maintain swipefile.com, I realized I've seen the similar sign before and I Googled it and found way more versions of it. Um, it's kind of funny. It says the same thing over and over, except like insert, you know, for the bar, for the haircut center or whatever place. Um, and I think just the title husband daycare center is enough of a pattern interrupt for people to stop and read this sign. And I got to say, if it works, it works. There's so many uh, versions of this online that, Hey, it, it looks like it's working. And I think it's just a funny thing that grabs attention. You, and you might not, you might've walked by that barbershop a million times and not even noticed it. They see husband daycare center and you go like, Oh, there's a barbershop there. So that's good advertising in my opinion. Here's an interesting piece of wisdom. Um, I don't know if this is 100% true, but it seems that basically everything that's heavily government regulated has gone up in price and everything competing at the free market gets cheaper. And so this is 20 years of price changes in the United States and you can see like hospital services, medical, college tuition, college textbooks have gone up tremendously and things like television, toys, computer software, phone services, those things have gone down quite a bit that compete in the market. And so you can just kind of, extrapolate based on these like the stuff that's regulated costs more The stuff that's free market goes down. Um, I'm sure there might be some sort of weird, uh, you know, contingency to this. So don't get on my case about it. But the free market tends to work uh, for regulation. uh, For safety, some regulation is good. Um, but when it gets out of control, regulation makes things worse. I have a lot of friends in the medical industry and it's just uh, the amount of bureaucracy that has to go on means that you end up paying far more for worse services and the services don't get much better because they're so heavily regulated. However, if you look at medical services such as LASIK or plastic surgery, those have actually gone down tremendously because they are not regulated by insurance. So anything that's super regulated goes up and anything that's not, Tends to go down. Um, Here's something interesting. This graphic taught me a lot. It was, (laughs) I couldn't believe this. The age of the founding fathers in 1776. And it's like John Jay, 30 years old. Aaron Burr, 20 years old. Some of these people were 18. James Monroe was 18. Now, I actually looked this up because I was like, was everyone this young? And in reality, when you look at like, All the people that were considered founding fathers, like 50 of them, Um, most of them were kind of like of a normal age span. Some of these were just selected because they're so young. But Alexander Hamilton was 21 in 1776. Kind of wild to think about because you look at their pictures and these guys look 100,000 years old, but they were actually quite young. Here's a fun picture. Uh, so I added a TV to my home garage gym setup a few months ago. And honestly, it's been amazing. I thought it would just be like a distraction. Sometimes I just like hanging out there and stretching while watching cool YouTube videos or masterclass. So a lot of times I'll sit in my living room and watch YouTube videos or just whatever show or something. Instead, I'll go in the garage and get a good stretch on, hop on the Peloton bike, uh, do some workout, and at least I get some movement while doing nothing. Also, on the related note, Peloton just added native Netflix support, which has been super cool for getting movement in while otherwise vegging out. So um, I've been watching the Peaky Blinders on, uh, on Netflix, and it's just such a good show. I want to watch all of it. Instead, I'm like, hey, let me try this uh, Peloton thing out. It's cool because I got to actually pedal while watching. And uh, you know, you actually get like a decent workout in while watching an episode. So a lot of my friends like using their Peloton like this, like watching a show, but the way they've been doing it, they have like iPad holders and they bring an iPad and just put it over the screen. But it's kind of a shame they waste that big giant Peloton screen, but uh, with like a tiny little iPad. So I'm glad they added support for uh, watching TV while biking. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm sure they hated this idea originally because they were like, we want people to only use the Peloton for biking, but I guess enough people were just like, hey, we're using it in this way and it helps, so add support for it. Uh, here's a quick little essay. It, it's about images and inflation. So inflation is kind of this notoriously hard concept to explain to people, but this simple picture really, really shows it perfectly. And it's easy to see how much buying power of the dollar has decreased in 100 years by seeing the giant stack of money versus a few bucks in, uh, in modern day. And so uh, a, lot, a lot of times people show this graph of like the buying power of a dollar over time and it goes down and you're like, whoa, that's crazy. But it doesn't make you feel it like showing a visualization of like hundreds of dollars or sorry, thousands of dollars versus you know, a few bucks. And lastly, uh, let's talk about splurge. So this isn't something to necessarily buy, but it's just about pricing. So there's this woman named Maria Popova who runs this huge blog called The Marginalian. and It used to be called brainpickings.org. And it's actually a big blog. It's like 3 million plus visitors a month. And it's interestingly enough, supported through donations only. And she must be the last holdout doing this because I've very rarely seen this. Um, she doesn't give extra content for donations or subscriptions. It's just done out of the goodness of readers' hearts. So you can subscribe for $3 a month all the way to $25 a month or give one-time donations. And I thought this is a nice, simple pitch for donations at the bottom of each article. And this keeps the lights on for her and pays her salary and everything. It's pretty impressive. There's this podcast I like called 99% Invisible, and they always prided themselves on only taking donations and being reader supported. And at the end of every uh, podcast, in the, the middle of every podcast, at the beginning of every podcast, they would always like make appeals to like, donate, donate, donate. It gets a little tiresome, you kind of hear that message all the time, and it kind of just rings past your ears. And eventually they caved to taking sponsors, and now they do much better. And it's kind of funny because I think a lot of places are like, we don't want to take any sponsors. But I think when you take sponsors, the reason that it's so sustainable is that both sides and everyone is getting what they want. You can pick which sponsors you want. So if you don't want a bad sponsor, don't take it. So you are featuring new products and services to your uh, listeners and also giving them a variety of stuff instead of just begging for donations all the time. You're getting a lot more money from these companies who are willing to pay you just for a little bit of exposure. And so I've just seen it happen so many times again, where donation based organizations just never do as well as for profit. And I've actually seen this with, um, with nonprofit organizations as well, because they are explicitly nonprofit, they don't have any sort of motivator to get better. And I've actually worked pro bono for a lot of nonprofits and I kind of stopped. And the reason is this, the people that work for nonprofits are generally trying to, you know, they're like volunteers or they don't make a lot of money and so they don't really know what they're doing and most of their time is actually not helping the cause that they are for but rather trying to fundraise. I would say most of their time is like throwing parties and events and trying to get donors rather than doing anything to actually, you know, help with their cause is kind of just what I noticed. So um, it's interesting that this site is still donation based. And I I just think that if she went to a sponsorship model, she'd probably make a lot more money, but maybe she has some ethical reasons. I just thought it was interesting. Anyways, my name is Nell Hope you enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you later.